What I'm going to talk about here, just for a few minutes, because we've just finished 2 Corinthians, is the timeline of the rapture, okay? It, just so that people are aware of it, because it's something that we forget very easily, and I'd like people to be aware of it. Let me get my Bible in case uh, we need to have that right handy. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. How long is the peace deal with Israel set to be? Oh. Seven. Seven years. Seven years, okay. Seven years. We're going to go to Daniel 9 really quickly. I don't know if we'll get this done in the next 20 minutes, but we're going to try. Daniel 9, and we're going to go to verses 24 through 27. Okay. Uh, this is kind of important to understand this because people question, is the rapture pre or mid or post-trib? Well, we can know. It's so simple, and yet people get all these convoluted ideas in their head about it. So here we go. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. Seventy weeks means a period of seventy Seven, 70 years of seven years, okay, which is 490 years. For your people in your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. I'm whipping through these verses. We could do a three-hour study on them, but I'm just reading them to you. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, that means until Christ comes, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Seven plus 62 is... 69, that's right, 483 years. Okay, and after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. That means there's a period of seven years left, okay? Not for himself, that means he's going to die for the people of the world. And the people of the prince who is to come, the prince is speaking of the Antichrist, okay? Shall destroy the city. The Romans destroyed the city under Titus and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, and till the end of the war, desolations are determined. Verse 27, here it is. This is the timeline for all of the prophecies that we need to know. Everything else has to fit into this in the New Testament. Then he, meaning the prince, who is, go back to verse 26, and the people of the prince who is to come, the prince who is to come is the Antichrist, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. If you're a Reformed theologian, you will say that that he is Jesus. And it's speaking of a seven-year covenant. It doesn't make any sense. It's just very poor theology, but we'll just skip over that. We'll talk about that some other time. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, one period of seven years. But in the middle of the week, in the middle of the week, which means after three and a half years, he, the Antichrist, shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. Okay, so we have seven more years coming. Everybody, that, that's what this says, correct? Everybody's got that. The Antichrist is going to make a deal with Israel for seven years, and at the halfway point, at three and a half years, he's going to stop three and one half, three and one half years. He's going to stop the sacrifice and offering, okay? So that's the timeline. We don't need to worry about Anything other than that, because Daniel got this prophecy to show us that there is a timeline that's going to be done, okay? Who is it that confirms this covenant with Israel? We just read it. Who is it? The Antichrist. Okay. And the same person who signs it will break it at the middle of the seven-year period. That's seven final years of law. That is a under the dispensation of the law, actually. It's not under the dispensation of grace because the church is not here. This is the dispensation of law. You've got two different dispensations. This is the dispensation of law, okay? Seven more years coming there. Why is it the dispensation of law? Because it's promised to the people of Israel under the law. They're going to have a temple, okay? So, 
This is all clear. It's all explicit. Can anybody here disagree with that? Seven more years, Antichrist, it's going to be cut off halfway through, and it is the dispensation of law. That's all explicit. We don't need to argue over it because that's what the Bible says. Okay? So, we've got that. The seven-year covenant is confirmed by the Antichrist, but that won't happen until after what? Until after the restrainer is removed. You can say rapture, but at this point I'm being technical because that's what the Bible says. After the restrainer is removed, but that means if you're a dispensationalist, it means the rapture. Okay, we know this is the case, all right? Nothing, I want you to know, I said this during the Bible study, I'm going to say it again right now. Nothing of Revelation 4 verse 2 through 1910 refers to the church. It is all directed to Israel. If you try to take Revelation 4 verse 2 to 19 verse 10 and determine when there is going to be a mid or a post-trib rapture, you've made an error because you're mixing dispensations. The dispensation of the law is being spoken of from Revelation 4 2 to Revelation 19.10. So you don't need to go any further with people that give you an analysis saying that this is going to be mid-trib. You don't need to do that because it's a different dispensation. Does everybody see that? It's right there in the book of Daniel. If you don't know Daniel, you're not going to get this right. Okay, so 4.2 through 19.10, nothing of it refers to the church. The words are directed to Israel. Looking to justify a mid- or post-tribulation rapture from there does not work because the words were not written about the church. Dispensations have been mixed. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17 are the actual order of the events that are going to happen at the rapture. Do we have time? We've got 15 minutes. We'll try to get this done. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 4, and then we want to read uh, 13 through 17. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, that's the order of the events that are going to happen in the rapture. All right. Then we have in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 3. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 3. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord is what? It's these seven years. It's the day of the, it's the tribulation period. That the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Okay, the times and the seasons Paul writes about. We don't know when that's going to happen. People that are out there trying to predict the rapture have made a fundamental error because they have disregarded Jesus' words in Acts 1 verses 6 and 7, which uses the same terminology. It is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put under his own authority. Okay? We're not going to know that. If you're trying to predict the rapture, you are making a fundamental error in your theology. 
okay? And Paul repeats that right there. But he does say that this is coming. We're just not going to know when it happens. And it's going to be preceded by an event called the rapture. We're going to show that in just a second. All right? So he says in verses 5, 4, and 5, let me read them to you. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Everybody got that? He's using some terms there that you need to pay attention to. 2 Thessalonians 1, 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 10, let me read this to you, refers to the tribulation coming upon the world. After that, 2 Thessalonians 2 gives the timeline for what will occur as is laid out next. So first I'm going to read you 1 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 10. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Okay, so we've got that right there. It says there that 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 10, which I just read you, refers to the tribulation which is coming upon the world. After that, 2 Thessalonians 2 gives the timeline for what will occur as is laid out. So I'm going to read you this, 2 Thessalonians 2, starting in verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, our gathering to him, that is speaking of what? Absolutely right. It's the rapture. We don't even need to go any further because we're being gathered to him. Okay? We ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ, that's synonymous with the day of the Lord, okay? The day of Christ did come. Let no one deceive you. This is the anchor that you need to understand. He is speaking about the day of Christ, okay? Everybody got that? That's the day of the Lord. He says, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. He's saying that the day of Christ, the day of the Lord has not come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come. Now, those are inserted by the translators, those words right there. That day will not come, but it is appropriately inserted. They're saying that that day won't come. I'll read it without it, and you'll see what I'm saying. Let no one deceive you by any means, for unless the falling away comes first, when they say that day will come, it's referring to the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord will not come until the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed. Here's a question for you. How many years will there be for the covenant, the final seven years of Daniel? How many? So it's right there, seven years. We went to Daniel and we figured that out. It says, who signs the covenant with Israel? The Antichrist. Does everybody see that? There's seven years. The Antichrist signs the peace deal. That's why he's the Antichrist. And what does it say here? That day, meaning the day of Christ, the day of the Lord, this period right here, will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. How can we know who the man of sin is if we're still here? If we're still here. He says, we're not going to know. 
The, it, it's so simple. It's just so basic. You've got seven years coming. The day of the Lord is coming. This is the day of the Lord, right? Day of the Lord, okay? And we know that we will not know who he is. He just said it right there. So therefore, the rapture has to come before that seven-year period, which is already spoken of by Daniel back in Daniel 9. If you don't know Daniel 9, you're not going to know what the proper orders, or actually you can know. It's just that people want to insert other things into there. So we'll read it again. That day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. This day is not coming until the Antichrist is revealed. And we're not going to know who he is, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing that he is God. That's at the three and a half year point where he stops the sacrifices and offerings, which is referred to back in Daniel. He's been revealed. Three and a half years later, he stops the sacrifices and offerings. He says, I'm God. I'm going into the temple. That is the sequence of events. That day is not going to come because we're not going to know it because we're out of fear. If we know who he is, then we miss the rapture. That's what that's saying. Okay? Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining him, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Some people say it's the church. Some people say that it's the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make any difference because if the Holy Spirit leaves, the church leaves. Okay? Now, people will say, well, how can that be? Because God is everywhere. He is specifically putting himself in the believers. We are sealed with the Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. That is what's being taken out of. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. But his, his presence is more seen in certain places. That's evidence from the... Uh, presence of the Lord in the temple and in the tabernacle back in the Old Testament. That's a picture of what we have in us. We are sealed with the Spirit. That is what's taken out of the way. The Holy Spirit is still going to be here. He's going to be here forever because he's everywhere and always. But whether it's the church or whether it's the Holy Spirit, it's the same thing. We are being taken out of here. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then he will be revealed, and then he will be revealed. Okay, as it says, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Okay, we're not of the darkness. This is a period of darkness. We're of the light. We're sons of the light. This is a period of darkness. We're not of that. Paul just said that in what? Uh, verses 1 through 6, 2 Thessalonians 1, uh, 6 through 10, I think it was. Anyway, we're not of that. And so we are out of here. And the timeline in Daniel is set. There's seven years. The man of sin will be revealed who's going to sign the covenant. If we're not going to be here when that happens, that means that we have to be pre-tribulation rapture. Anybody see that? It's so simple. It's basic stuff. People complicate these things greatly. They take them and they complicate them when the timeline is very, very simple. Okay, now I will do a, a larger... Uh, uh, talk on this at some point and I'm going to lay it all out and then you can have a copy of it and I'll print it off and everything but don't believe people when they say it's a mid-tribulation rapture where do they get their information from they get it from the book of Revelation after chapter 4 verse 2 which isn't written to the church at all it is written about Israel the church is you know a recipient of the letter but that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that that is the dispensation of the law 
Okay, you can't get the theology for a rapture out of those verses. It has to come from these verses. And that's what it shows. Pre-tribulation rapture. A couple verses is all you need to understand that. You had a question, we gotta go. Go ahead. Jim. No. Oh, okay. All right, we gotta go. We gotta say a prayer and get out of here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to uh, review this simple issue and uh, uh, hopefully we'll get a better presentation of it put together in the near future where people can understand this and to not be led astray by some false teaching that says we have to endure some type of punishment in order to be cleansed, in order to be purified when Christ already did that for us. He's already taken care of this for us and all we are waiting for is the day when he translates us to glory. May that day be soon and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.